IntelliKey Leadership Stories, the podcast for conscious leaders. We share the lessons learned from global leaders making an impact for their organizations, stakeholders, and investors. For people, community, and environment, we get inspired by their experiences, attitudes, and practices. Here are your hosts for IntelliKey Leadership Stories, Kirsten Gouldy and Mark Stenson. Welcome back, friends, to our podcast, IntelliKey Leadership Stories, the podcast for conscious leaders. And Kirsten, we're always enjoying talking to these guests who turn their passions and their personal interests into companies and into leadership roles. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like it's starting to go beyond that, right? Not just passions and purpose, but philosophical viewpoints and really putting their stake in the ground saying, it's not enough to just believe it or have a passion for it, but we have to take action towards it and make the difference. Yeah. And then to create companies around this is to expand the impact, mm-hmm. isn't it? That's right. That's right. We're moving from talking about ESG to being ESG, right? And that's the distinction there. Exactly. And from Wall Street to Main Street, you know, <laughs> leaders making an impact. That's right. That's yeah. right. And I think it's with that backdrop, we've been so excited to have today's guest, Troy Aiken. Troy, welcome to the program. Thanks so much for having me on. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, Troy was an NCAA tennis player. He's completed three Olympic distance triathlons. First of all, way to go on all of that. <laughs> yeah, oh my. Yeah. Thank you, uh, thank you. And, and to Kirsten's point, uh, Troy lives a vegan lifestyle uh, as a personal choice, but he's also then expanding that commitment, not only for health and sustainability, environmental and sort of, uh, you know, purpose driven reasons. But now, Troy, you're turning that into a company and a business enterprise. And we're so looking forward to talking about eco sports, and how you're creating a sports equipment brand for vegan sports equipment. Got to learn more about it. Tell us about it. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I think like a lot of companies, they had a problem in their own personal life so that they decided to create a business to help themselves and help others in their kind of close circles that, you know, nationally and globally, that there's a problem that, you know, you may not be aware of. So that's kind of how EcoSports was founded is that I went vegan about three years ago now for uh, for health reasons for, you know, I've been an athlete, I was sick and tired of being sore, I had all these injuries, I had foot injuries, I had shoulder and elbow issues from being a tennis player. And going on a plant based diet, I started to, you know, decrease inflammation, I started to recover better sleep better, all these types of things. So I was like, this is, this is great, I'm going to keep going on it. And the more I kind of learned about veganism, the more you learn about the, the animal welfare, welfare, the environmental aspect of it. So you just kind of go down this rabbit hole. And I was playing golf one day with a buddy and he was like, oh, you're vegan. Are you wearing like a non-leather golf glove? And I didn't even think about the fact that like I'm using these animal products in my sporting and, you know, your everyday world, but also my sporting world, just sports is still such a big part of my life. I play tennis every day. I play golf. I play basketball. I play all these different sports. And I didn't even realize that like tennis balls have sheepskin in it. Basketballs use leather. Like it just keeps going on and on. And I, so I started looking around for some vegan sporting good products and I couldn't find any. And then I also realized that not only are these companies using leather, if they're not using leather, they're using like a PU, which is like a really horrible plastic for the earth. It doesn't biodegrade, doesn't recycle. It's just stuck in land 
fields for years. Um, so I started looking out, reaching out to, you know, ball manufacturers and I was able to find an eco-friendly biodegradable vegan material that I could use for all these sporting equipments. Well, give us a little bit, now let's drill down on that. So a tennis ball, you know, a football, a basketball, how do you make that with this vegan material? Give us a little process, uh, tutorial. Yeah, de definitely. So, I mean, there's just different materials. I mean, I, I don't know how much your viewers are going to be watching or listening but like we have this basketball here i mean it's just you know they have like eight panels or i think it is and you can see that like they would either just put leather here or what we use is called a tpu material a thermoplastic polyurethane um, which is a less toxic it's still kind of a plasticky rubbery material but it biodegrades in about three to five years when you dispose of it so it's you know recyclable and biodegradable so it's kind of the similar process of using an animal product, but instead we just found a sustainable material to use instead of it. And we've still found that it's high quality because it's you know not leather, it's still durable um, and long lasting. And so far it's been great. Two things. One, is there a price differential from being able to buy a piece of sports equipment, right? To, you know, to the standard, piece of sports equipment your yours versus theirs and then also what is the market adaptability yeah definitely so uh, leather is like the most expensive and especially the top tier balls like the nba balls that you know the official nba balls that are leather those can range anywhere from kind of 80 to 120 dollars but then you have the pvc or the pu plastic that are the toxic plastics that you know could be 20 dollars, 15 dollars a ball where we're kind of in the 30 to 40 dollar range right now with with our balls because we use a, a better material but we're not quite leather so we're kind of in the middle we're very competitive with all companies and, and other sporting good materials um so can, can you ask your second question again? And what is the market adaptability? Are people purchasing, you know, are you finding athletes and whatnot or even athletic organizations beginning to purchase your? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's been a remarkable start so far. I'm extremely ecstatic with the amount of people that have been interested in the product and being in LA, like finding vegan people vegan restaurants all <laughs> yeah, that type. Say it's, no it's, more it's, it's, it's super <laughs> easy. Um, yeah yeah having yeah. leather is the is not good in yeah, la right, okay right, i come from yeah. la so i know what you're talking about yeah <laughs> i think your pickup basketball games on venice beach are helping a lot too yeah i'm not gonna have a problem convincing people in la to go with a vegan option um i was worried you know about the people in texas or the you know just other parts besides california and new york but seeing uh, we've we've been live now on Amazon for about three months now, and we're doing anywhere from 500 to 1000 balls a month. And, you know, it's it's ranges everywhere in the state. We're getting Florida. We're getting Alabama. We're getting Nevada. We're getting every country or every state is is buying. So I was very pleased to see that it's not just California and New York that are that are buying these products. Yeah, um, I, I just I also think that, like, especially kind of the younger generation generation and parents of younger generations are starting to be more eco-conscious of the product their you know household products that they're buying now and you're getting good reviews yeah so far so far the reviews are pretty good impossible to be perfect on the reviews but um yeah uh, the reviews have been great on amazon and you know those are the lifelines to sales so it's it's off to a great start and i'm excited that we actually have a new and improved ball coming out in a month that uh, will be even better. So I'm excited for that.
Yeah, no, it's exciting to see the five stars next to the yeah. uh, Amazon listing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it just uh, it makes things a lot easier. <laughs> yes, yes, it, it does. does. It does. You know, I'm thinking too. this um, going back just to your per own personal journey into veganism, right? So, you know, there's a lot of athletes really beginning to shift into a vegan lifestyle, right? I know Tom Brady does started going through his during his off seasons to repair his body, truly mm -hmm. to repair his body at the request of his, um, you know, his partner. But how are you finding, that's a big transition for, I would say, older generations to understand, right? Because we were taught meat equals muscle, right? Right, right. Yeah, I mean, there's a thousand different ways to get protein. Plants have protein, beans have protein. I have started consuming uh, a lot more tofu in my diet. I mean, I, I was ate meat. I ate cheeseburgers all the time. Love, you know, loved it. It's not like I don't. Especially from enjoy. LA, In and Out. Yeah. I mean, hello. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'd eat In and Out, and you'll get double meat at Chipotle all the time. Like, especially when I was a 20 year old kid, can right. could eat anything I wanted. But yeah, it is, it is interesting that you have this perception and even my parents who are like pretty health conscious, they like, it's, I'm, they're 70%, 75% plant-based now because of me, but I still like, they, they know all the information, but they're still kind of having this problem of just changing their routine, changing when they go to the store, they just habitually pick up a gallon of milk or some cheese or those types of things. And like, um, and they know that dairy is not necessarily the best thing for them, but it's, yeah, like you said, these older generations are, it's just so habitual where, you know, it took me six months to transition from going three days a week, five days a week before I finally committed to a full plant-based vegan lifestyle. Um, just the way we're, we're brought up to believe that, yeah, you need me in a standard American diet when it's starting to be scientifically proven that you can be even more healthy on a plant-based diet. Yeah, mm -hmm. wonderful. Well, Troy, we also like to explore the business side of uh, leadership on this podcast. So I'm interested in how you began to, uh, again, transition, uh, not just your lifestyle now, but your leadership style in building a company. So as an entrepreneur, what were things that you felt like you needed to develop skill at that would add to your personal passion, but now you wanted to make it a business? Yeah, definitely. Well, I th I just communication is so key in, in all aspects of life, but especially like I being vegan, sometimes you come across as, you know, a pompous person or better or whatever. So like learning how to talk to people about veganism in the right way has been a, a great learning curve. Some people will respond much differently to it, but, you know, talking to my suppliers, learning how to communicate with them and learning how to get proper deals, how to work with social media influencers and communicate with all them. And like, while I, it's me and one other person right now with eco sports, I still work with 50 other people in the given month of how many different people I'm talking to, you know, working with websites to try and get that my, my balls on their site. to you know, try and get articles back to us. So you're still working with so many different people and communicating with so many different people every day and every month. So that's been a great learning curve of like, you know, kind of being, growing up and, and just like having a normal job where I was the 20th person in a company or that nobody, you know, you just kind of do your work. Whereas now you're in charge of everything. And it's, yeah. <laughs> well, and you're bringing up a good point about, you know, your suppliers and partners and so forth, but uh, how have you found the receptivity along that supply chain? 
you know, from source material all the way to marketing and distribution. Is there, uh, I guess, who's driving it? Who's accepting it? Who needs to be converted? Who needs to be educated as you're describing? Um, maybe you can clarify that question a little more. I mean, as far as like getting a supplier to work with, it's, you know, you pay them and they'll do it, but. Uh, well, but I guess, so you say, I have this idea, I'm going to make a vegan basketball. And then you're looking for the suppliers, you're looking for the source materials, you're looking for the manufacturing, the shipping, the marketing. Um, and is everyone along the way saying, yeah, we're, we're excited about it? Or is it pay me the money and I'll do anything you want? I mean, I guess I'm trying to get the, the drive, you know, through the chain. What, what are yeah, definitely. I, I would say with the supplier, um, it was it was just a uh, hey, can you use this eco-friendly material to make the basketballs? And I found a company that said yes, and I got some samples from it, and they did a great job with it. And so I just worked with them. And yeah, so that was no blowback, or and it was super easy on that aspect. Um, but as far as marketing or getting people to invest or you know, working with other people, pe people have been super helpful and responsive. And I think because what we're trying to do is a like provide a, a high quality basketball for you know and, and other sporting goods but like which our mission is to you know eliminate leather which a helps animal welfare it helps the environment it you know we give back with every purchase like we want to be a good we want to do the right thing i guess to say and i think that's what people have responded to most and every time i tell people about eco sports and i think you two are a great example of like it when you're trying to do the right thing people are eager to help Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. That's a really good point. And what are you finding? Um, you know, I, like you said, the young people are driving the market. Not that, not that my age group isn't all in, but really mm -hmm. my, my children who are 25 and 26, they educate me every day on how to be better right? Mm -hmm. every day, sadly, <laughs> you know, so what is, if you were to say, look, these are all the reasons you want to do this this is why you want to adapt this. How, how far do you think you can take this? And do you see larger, do you see the NBA saying, you know what, we're going to, we're going to use your, these balls because we agree that we have to be eco-friendly or are there institutions that are just not going to do it because they are the NBA, right? Yeah, I, I definitely think, I mean, the, the NBA and I think some of these other larger sporting uh, companies that they have 10-year contracts with Wilson's, but, you know, maybe maybe even in a couple of years, Wilson starts to realize that they have to go down an eco-friendly path. I mean, Wilson, Wilson sells 700, you know, over 700,000 footballs every single year. And if you equate that one cowhide equals about 20 footballs, you can imagine that a lot of cows are used, A, the, the cruelty of that, the amount of farmland that you need for all those cows, the environmental impact that that has, that at some point, these companies are going to have to start being more eco-friendly, whether it's, you know, law that this happens or that you have more 25-year-olds that are turning to a company like EcoSports. Like, uh, one of my goals, I would love for Nike and Adidas and Wilson and these people to start making an eco-friendly section of their sporting goods. Um, so while I think eco sports can grow, I think as soon as we start to take market share from these companies, they'll have no other choice but to change. And that's a goal of mine. Mm, that's a great point. I was just telling Mark, I read an article, I don't know what day it was, these come together for me, but Kohan, the shoe Kohan is now making dandelion sneakers. 
Mm -hmm. So their foam on the bottom of their sneakers is made out of dandelion and all their purchases. So there is a movement moving towards utilizing what's in front of us, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And like, there's, there's so many different options now with cactus leather, pineapple leather, apple leather. There's, there's so many different vegan options that are just as good. And, you know, we're, again, like you said, there's just kind of this old way of thinking, but the new, the new age is going to dictate what people want. And I think people want a more eco-friendly, sustainable option. Yeah. Well, Troy, we've been talking about sports a lot and vegan as a lifestyle and a, you know, health conscious lifestyle. But on this podcast, we also like to think about the mind, body, spirit connections. What well, mm-hmm. what do you also do? We're interested from a leadership and a you know development standpoint. What are some of the things that are feeding, you know, your mindfulness, your your practice of staying focused, whether it's in your business or improving your sports or just your own personal development? Ooh, I love this. We're going into the metaphysics now. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I, I hate to bring it back to plant-based or veganism, but like it, it, it drives me so much, like seeing all the kind of the hatred and the cruelty of it. And you go on social media and you see like all these, all these, like, you know, you kind of, the term ignorance is bliss type of thing. Like, you know, before I had no idea that what was going on with our environment or the animal welfare. And now that I like follow all these content creators that show me all these things, it's just like, is so overwhelming. So like, A, I've stopped, uh, I've, I haven't completely done this, but I just bought an alarm clock so that I cannot sleep with my phone anymore. Um, Cause A, I think that when you sleep with your phone next to your head, that I just don't think that can be good for you. Um, I'm not sure what the science is of it being bad for you yet. I, but um, so that's one thing that I do. Uh, I try to work out every single day. Um, I've joined also like a, I took the effort to join a better, nicer gym. And the people that I've met have been extremely helpful as they're well-to-do people. Um, and they've been extremely helpful with eco sports so far. Um, uh, and then also I think just running your own company, you are, you, I, I work all day long, basically there, I certainly take breaks in the day and you know, not 24 hours, but before it was a nine to five and you kind of just show up and get your work done. Well, now that it's my own company, I'm working all the time and, you know, my suppliers overseas, I got to talk to them at 10 PM at night. And it's just, um, you know, you, you see the reward of what you put into it. That's fantastic. I guess I also asked because of what Kirsten was saying about the market, you know, acceptance, so to speak, every day can't be the best day. Every day can't be a happy day. So, I mean, yeah, the resilience, the commitment you have, you know, Mm -hmm. how do you keep that, uh, strong? Yeah, I, th- I think it's just a passion for, uh, you know, you're seeing the long term picture of what we can do of that, you know, it's just, it's just sporting goods, it's just a basketball, who cares, but if you look at the picture of how many animals we can save, how much methane that we can save from being put into the earth and the environmental impact that we can have on that. And then like as EcoSports grows, we can continue to sponsor athletes. We can continue to, you know, give back to charities with our profits and all these different ways that I just, I want to use EcoSports as a method of, of giving back to people, to planet earth, to just different things. And that's kind of what gets me up in the morning is knowing that we can do so much by selling a basketball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love this. Speaking about stats and, and calculations and whatnot, do you have a way of calculating statistically 
what you're actually reducing from, you know, the replacement of one to one? Yeah, I've, I've been looking at those numbers. I would like to put something on my website up, especially with every, you know, basketball we sell, like, you know, it's one, basically 120, uh, like 20 balls make up like one cowhide. And if you look up how much methane per cow, you know, emits, I'm going to say this number wrong, but like 2000 pounds of methane per year that a cow emits. So, you know, if we save, a, if we essentially save, you know, the, the numbers aren't accurate in that way. Like just because we sold 20 basketballs doesn't mean that there's a cow that's not mm -hmm. been killed essentially, but we'll start to see that effect when the demand for cows and, you know, that also a whole nother thing, but like overseas, they don't have regulations on what type of animal that they're using for leather. So they use cats and dogs and all these other types of things, which is like also kind of mind blowing when you hear that type of stuff that, you know, all these different animals that we can save. So there are these numbers, but they're not, you know, a hundred percent perfect on yes, essentially we're saving a cow and saving 2000 pounds of methane from being released into the atmosphere every, every year. Um, but I think we'll start to see those effects in a couple of years. Yeah, I think that's meaningful data. Well, we also want to think about you know, the investor side of this. Obviously, you want to raise more money and get more capital and you know, an infusion of uh, growth. What would you say? What is your pitch, so to speak, to investors to say, come, come join our mission? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, sports is sports is a global phenomenon. And like you guys said, a lot of athletes, Chris Ball, Diana Taurasi, Alex Morgan, they're all, you know, on the on the plant based lifestyle. Novak Djokovic, you know, is 90% plant based. And, and so I think more athletes are turning towards kind of a plant based vegan lifestyle. And the demand for sporting goods is continuing to rise. And I know that we're kind of in a digital age and the metaverse is starting to become more popular. But I think especially with, you know, these, this COVID-19 and being stuck indoors for the last two years that people want to go outside, they want to go play. And, you know, sports is a great outlet and a great way to connect people. And if we could connect people in a sustainable, eco-friendly way, um, it would, it would be the dream. And so there's so much market share out there that, you know, there's 40 million soccer balls sold in the United States every year, let alone, I can't even imagine what the European numbers are for soccer balls. Mm -hmm. And do you offer soccer balls? Soccer was my, my children's preference for sports. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So currently right now we have soccer balls, uh, volleyballs and basketballs. Basketballs mm -hmm. are definitely my best sellers at the moment where soccer balls are starting to gain traction, which is great. Um, but also in development, we have footballs and baseball gloves and golf gloves are in development right now as well. Wow. Wonderful. And they're all using a, you know, sustainable, eco-friendly, biodegradable material. Terrific. Well, Troy, before we get too far, we want to let people know how to connect with you, follow your work and learn more about your products. Yeah, absolutely. You can check out our website, ecosports.com, where A, we have the products, but we also have more about us and why we're doing what we're doing. Um, you can find us on Amazon as well or on Instagram. It's ecosports underscore save earth. Wonderful. Well, we'll be sure to check it out. Well, listeners, our guest has been Troy Aiken of Ecosports. And I love the tagline. We'll have to pull this out as our highlight, Kirsten. And that is, you think it's just a football, but there's a <laughs> yeah. lot more to it than that. <laughs>
And I, I, I love that mission statement. <laughs> I know, oh, that, I know I that's not the black you. on your wall, but that's the one I'm going with. I mean, listen, growing <laughs> up with all brothers who were athletes and nephews and my daughters, I, I'm just, it was just a foot. It was like yet another football, yet another mm -hmm. basketball or soccer. I mean, our house, my suburban was loaded with you name it and five of them, not just one. Right. So oh my gosh. Mm. the, the mind, the, my mind wrapping around moving these I, I never even thought about it being an issue I, I mean quite frankly I never thought about it being an issue and I love that there's a focus on it from you to shift that because it is a big deal right I'm a vegan but you're right I'm wearing all my leather products right mm -hmm. yeah it's it's amazing that the, the awareness is going to be one of our I think our biggest obstacles to overcome is that like so what it's just a basketball but mm -hmm. so much more to it yeah. yeah, well, we're happy to be part of getting that word out. So thanks for coming on our program. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was a great time. Yeah, and all the best on the venture. It's EcoSports, and uh, Troy Aiken is the CEO, and he's been our guest today. Kirsten, what another great conversation about an entrepreneur really putting their principles and their passion into their life and their business. Yeah, absolutely. And I just, I have to ask, sorry, Mark, I know we're looking to, how old are you exactly? You look very <laughs> uh, young on video. Thank you. Thank you. I, I tried to keep a little scruff to add some age. Uh, <laughs> otherwise, I, I get pretty young, but I'm 29 years old. Okay. That's very inspiring, right? These yeah. are our young leaders, Mark, that you and I speak well, to. Well, I'm just relieved. I thought you were asking me, and I was not going to go there. <laughs> I so wouldn't do I'm that. Glad I, I wouldn't do that. Yeah. I wouldn't do that to you or to me. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, late for 30s being, early 40s yeah. that's right thanks for <laughs> yeah. I, I, added job, some, I added some scruff for me too <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> very good well listeners come back for our next episode we're going to continue this discussion and we'll continue the fun we love talking about leaders who are putting their passion and their purpose into their life and their business. And that's just the kind of podcast we want to bring you. If you have any suggestions, comments, leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. We'd love to hear from you. So until next time, for Kirsten Gouldy, I'm Mark Stenson for IntelliKey Leadership Stories. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to IntelliKey Leadership Stories with Kirsten Gouldy and Mark Stenson. Connect with us on LinkedIn and visit our website, pureintellikey.com. I'm Jared Kajak. Join us again for our next episode of IntelliKey Leadership Stories. This podcast is produced by BSB Media. We also host two other podcasts you might enjoy, Unlocking Your World of Creativity and Five Minutes of Peace. Subscribe today and leave a review on your favorite podcast player.